Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Giving you that rarest of birds, the Saturday Thunder and Lightning. We want to thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We want to thank all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen out there taking care of us. We want to get, wish you guys a happy Easter, whatever your, your faith or denomination is. If you celebrate today, we wish you a happy one. Hope you're with friends and with family uh, and enjoying yourself and having a great Day. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Joel T. It's been a long day for us here on the MSU beat. Joel T. had to go get him a coffee. He needed that boost to get through this I show. I did, and it came on the dimes of one of you fine listeners. Oh! I, 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 have, I had two brew at boards over there. Okay. One of them is from Dalton Lee's wife, apparently. Yes. So uh, that, that one got saved because it's a frappe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was in a hot drink mode. I had a another one from an unidentified listener. Mm-hmm. That was a medium albino squirrel. That's the route I went today. Very good. So, uh, anyway, I'm currently enjoying a hot albino squirrel. Yeah. And it is powering me through. It's going to get you through. Like, you know, 12 hours after I left my home to, hey. not 12 hours, 10 hours, whatever it was. It's been a while. When we left to been go a while. cover the football scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that scrimmage a little later in the show, obviously. Um, but Strange Brew Coffee House, you know, they always they take care of Joel. They take care of you. They've been doing that here in Starkville for a long, long time. And in Tupelo, over at Brupolo, make sure you are supporting them. Oh, and by the way, I don't think I said it. Thank you yes. to, to whoever this was. And thank you to uh, Dalton Lee's wife. Dalton Lee's wife, yeah. <laughs> What's up with Dalton Lee, though? Where, where's where's his, you know, love for us? Hmm? I mean, that should be more Brew It Forwards. I, I'm just saying. I, think Dalton needs to I don't like to ask for those things. Joel don't mind, but I don't. I don't. I don't mind like to ask. But I'm just wondering how the man. You don't man's like to wife. ask for those things. How many times over the last three years have I gotten a text? Although it hadn't happened, I don't guess in the last month or so, mm-hmm. where it's like, "Hey, you mind dropping by, get me a coat?" How many times have you asked for something? I don't mind like asking our listeners who I don't know personally. You are my friend. <laughs> don't 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 act like I don't give you stuff. What are your kids wearing today? That's true. All right, that's true. Just be quiet. Be quiet over there, Coleman. It evens out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was our maybe our biggest old married couple moment <laughs> we've had on this show. Uh, I want to thank our good friends over at College Corner. They're keeping you looking sharp and decked out in maroon and white. Of course, they, why not? They have the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in all of central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They are in Flowood by the Half Shell. And, of course, anywhere you are in this great country of ours, you can shop at College Corner Store. Dot com. Humble Taco, that place is going to be hopping all weekend long, or has been hopping all weekend long, and that's going to be the case now that you know we're wide open for baseball. Good crowds this weekend. I know that MSU undershot the attendance. I promise there were more people than they announced. But I didn't see Saturdays. They, they, didn't, they didn't announce it for whatever reason. Maybe they, maybe they know I'm on to them. I told, I told our, the SID up there, I was like, I know you guys are lowballing this. 
You don't got, fool me. Now I'm curious. It had to be on the box score. Now I'm going to oh, see yeah. the box score. Give it a look. But that said, Humble Taco, they never lowball you. They never they never try to play games. They just give you great Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Some of the most innovative Mexican cuisine in the state of Mississippi. Stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. You want to check it out. Great food, great craft cocktails, like fantastic beer and wine list. One of the biggest patios in the city of Starville. It's just a can't-miss proposition. You'll have a good time. You'll enjoy yourself at one of Starville's best new restaurants. That's Humble Taco. What was it? How many? Do you, not what you think that is listed here, but how many people do you think was there today? There were probably about 6,000 today. Okay. What do you think they announced? 3613. You're not too far off. About 500. They announced 4159. 41 is high. That's like the highest it's been. There were more than that, though. I I refuse to believe there weren't. Do you agree with my assessment? I agree with you. Yes. Okay, then. Well, Joel, we we sort of, you know, we said they would win the series. It's just just difficult to predict a sweep, but MSU gets the sweep. That it kind of needed. It kind of needed a sweep. We didn't want to say it. We just wanted to make it. If they win the series, they're all right. But they they sort of needed a sweep. Season wasn't over if they didn't. No. But now that you've done it, you're kind of back, back, in, to, back, back where to square you one. Back where you needed to be. Yeah. And now you go forward. MSU gets three over Kentucky. Three totally different games, but there was one underlying factor, and that's what it's going to be for MSU all year. The pitching was fantastic all weekend long, pretty much. It was, and it started with the starters. Yeah. All three starters were really good. Yeah. And if all three starters do that, man, you got the pieces in the bullpen to where you can just piece it together from there. I mean – Think about that. If you get just five innings out of each starter, that means you only have to cover 12 innings with your bullpen every weekend. Mm-hmm. 12 innings with Landon, Landon Smith, Sims Landon Sims, Parker Stinnett, Houston Harding, Preston Johnson. Yeah. You got it. You got it covered. Yeah. Tuller. I mean, just. Yeah. Spencer Price got an out this today. I mean, yeah. Yeah. This was the, the, the formula. We already, we already talked about Friday's game. Saturday, you know, Bedner was good, made one mistake, two run home run. But is, is you know gets bailed out there. Not bailed out's not the right word, but you know, State finds some timely hitting in the second uh the second half of the game basically. Gets a three to two lead and then you bring in Landon Sims to shut the door. And that's what Landon Sims does. He shuts the door. Once you when you hear still of the night, the game is over. It is that simple. How shocked were you on Saturday that when ninth inning rolled around, you didn't hear it? Pretty surprised. I was to be too. totally honest with you. But I thought and we'll talk about that I guess right now. I thought Chris Lamonis' explanation for it Perfect. made sense. It absolutely did. And if you did not hear that, let's just go through it real quick. You know, Go back to last Sunday where Sims sort of kept him issue in the ball game and threw 60 pitches. That's a season high for him. Thursday, they had him in the bullpen and they had him warmed up ready to go. because See, the, I didn't even realize that until Chris said it. Right. Because we can't see the bullpen, right. obviously. And I, maybe somebody at home saw him warming up in the pen on didn't TV. Didn't know he was warming up. There. I wasn't watching the but TV. But they had so. him ready to come into the game warmed up. Yeah. And then Cameron James hits the, the double that clears the bases, and the game breaks open. And you go, okay, well, we don't need him. But he's warmed up. Yeah. So he's done work. Yeah, those pitches, they, well, count. they don't count in the, the, the box score. They, they count, count on the arm ticker. Yeah. You, know, we talk about how many, you only have so many carries as a running back. You only got so many pitches. Warm-up pitches count on the ticker. <laughs> and then they bring him in Saturday. He only throws 18 pitches, but he pitches. And they were high-stress pitches. Yes. So you've got – he's pitched – he's basically worked three days. Friday. We're, we're a day off there, but Friday, you, you yeah. get the picture. <laughs> so basically Sunday, Thursday, Friday, in five days he's thrown three times. So my guess is this. If Stinnett walks a guy and it's bases loaded and two out, you're going to hear still tonight. night. They're going to go get him and, like, we got to get one more guy out. But they trust it. They put the ball into Parker Stinnett's hands, who's a, who's a fastball thrower just like uh, Landon Sims. Doesn't have that same – 
you know, a degree of command, but still is a good, good pitcher. Yeah. And he got the job done. And, I mean, it should have been easier. An error cost him an out. But that's it. You know, that's that's the MSU formula right now. If you hear still of the night, the game's over. You know? If State's winning and you hear that song, you can go ahead and you can leave if you want. I mean, it's really why nobody wants Mississippi State to get to the end of the year and be a two-seed in somebody else's regional right. or something like that. Right. But if they ended up doing that, there is not a situation in the postseason in which I would think State has no chance. Because they have the pitching that no matter what their circumstance is in the postseason, they're going to have a chance. Because they may have a run in them like we saw a couple weeks ago when they just give up two runs over two weeks. You know, This pitching staff is such that going into any weekend mm-hmm. – going into any regional, mm-hmm. going into any tournament, going mm-hmm. into any college world series, going into any losers bracket, it's all you're going to have a chance with this team mm-hmm. in every single circumstance they ever even, enter into because the pitching staff is so good. Yeah. And even in terms of the regular season, when they go to Vanderbilt, yeah, you're going to have a shot. They're going to be in the games because State's pitchers can keep Vandy off the bases. They may have to win one or two nothing. Oh yeah, for sure. Or one or two one, you know, two one or something like that. But they will be in those games. There's no question about and it. And if this team ever gets consistent offensive production, and but, I don't mean top third of the SEC, I mean just top, just around the middle of the pack. Sort of what we said about the offense and the defense before this football season. It if is. They could just be in the top half defensively. It is. But, it is. But and, in this case, the pitching is good and, uh, as opposed to MSU's offense. And, and I, I think that – you know, you can still be a little bit hopeful that you're going to see more offensive production out of this team because I think by this point it has become evident Josh Hatcher is going to stay in the lineup. He's down to we'll, 200. We'll, He's hitting we'll 200 talk about that now. In a minute. Yeah. I think it's completely evident he is going to stay in the lineup. And I personally think, and you all can feel free to spit at your radios, disagree, whatever. Um, I personally think he's going to be hitting over 200 when the season's over. I think he's going to do better than what he's Should. done so far. I think so, I think it's only upward from here for Josh Hatcher. <laughs> rowdy Jordan has already begun. He was up to two seventy five to, to do to a, start a rowdy today. thing and, and and become what we all think he is. He's already kind of starting his. He's at two fifty seven at the end of the game. He he he's starting to climb. Yeah. Um, Scotty DeBrule hadn't been what we thought he would be. He, no, he has struggled Tanner, mightily. Maybe Tanner Leggett takes over that. Tanner job. Leggett got on base three times today. Now he had the error at third, but at second he played clean. Yeah. I thought it was funny they made a defensive change and let Leggett go to third, and he made an error. That's it. I thought that from, was from was a uh, former high school third baseman. I don't know if you that, was that tough ball play. took a tough hop. It took a tough hop. There's no question. About um, that. But anyway, I and think he kept, this, at least he got the ball down and kept it. It didn't go into the outfield. So uh, yeah, for sure. I, maybe it's my sunshine pumping optimistic nature. I Probably. just think this team is gonna be better offensively than you've yeah. seen. I, I, they, they, they will continue to get better. Now let's talk about Hatcher though. Because he's having it rough. An O for a weekend. Uh, he is now four of thirty-five, if I did my math right, in SEC play, and that that's really rough. I almost feel like Lamonis does him a disservice by continuing to play him. And I'm not saying to take him out of the lineup completely, but on Tuesday against Southern University, let the boy sit down and just watch the game for a minute, and just try and recollect and reset his mind. To be able to play, I'm going to make an official thunder and lightning prediction here that, that, that I'm Clark, right. That Kellum Clark will start at first base on Tuesday. I don't know if it's Kellum Clark or Brandon Pimentel, but it's going to be somebody other than Josh. Because Hatcher. when I asked 
Lamonis on, I guess, Friday night about Kellum Clark. Yeah. Or maybe it was Thursday. It was Friday. I can't remember. It was Thursday night. Uh, whichever night it was. And he said that he's now 100% and you can expect to see him in games very soon kind mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, I just feel like Tuesday night is the perfect opportunity to yeah. say, all right, Kellum, go out there and get you, and see get how you a he few does. ABs. The question becomes, though, if he goes three or four with a homer, what happens? My gut says Josh Hatcher starts at Auburn. It's almost like the Skinner <laughs> thing, right? And Skinner's, you know, interesting study here in that everybody loved him after that first LSU game where he has the, you know, he has a base hit and he had the uh, the big home run. Everybody loved him Thursday night when he scored that, or was it Friday night? I guess it was Friday night when he scored that crazy uh, play at the plate. But he's hitting 226, and he struck out today, and he's, you know, he's not having great at bats. So, you know, there, I, I, there's always going to be this process with these guys. But Hatcher, I mean, he just. He's just not right. He's not right. And I, I, I'm not saying this as a, you know, when these fans are just like, he's got, he's killing us. I, I, I get that. But he, you're, you're hurting him. You need to let him have a day on the bench just to sit back, watch the game, BS with his friends during the, just, just be stress-free, and then come back and see what happens. Yeah, I that, mean, that I, needs to happen. I'm with you, and and it's not going to surprise me at all if that happens Tuesday. Now, Chris did not say that after the game right, Saturday. Right, he's going to give us a lineup. He yeah. he told he said that uh, that a lot that Josh is, the last couple of days has hit some balls hard right at people kind of thing, and that um, he's hopeful he's going to turn it around. He did say after Thursday's game, or mm-hmm. maybe after Friday's game, he had taken him in and, and kind of talked to him because he he thought that the slump was starting to. That was after today's game. Physically get to him. That was today. Um. Well, he said that after today's okay, game, yeah, but he yeah, was, was saying say, yeah. that I couldn't remember which game he said it was after he brought Friday's him in. game. Yeah, uh, but anyway, that he brought him in because he could see that it was kind of getting to him and it was showing up a little bit out there on the field. So, just by saying that, that makes you think that there may be a Tuesday night yeah. coming up here yeah, where he's not in the lineup. We'll we'll see, but I, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly, and you got to. I feel like you got to give him a breather or something, you, just to shake it up for a day, maybe. Maybe it ticks him off or something. I, I just you got to do something to try and kickstart yeah. something. I think Leiter will be SEC pitcher of the week this week. I think McLeod should be right there. Thought he had a really good game. Uh, Luke Hancock and Logan Tanner with a couple of home runs. Luke Hancock had a fantastic week. I don't know if he can get SEC player of the week, but he he had foot five RBI. Over I mean, the he weekend. had four sack flies. four sack flies and a solo home run. That's just a weird you know situation. Logan Tanner's that home homer run. was a shot crushed. Absolutely blasted, and then Logan Tanner's was not. He just sort of it was the old. It wall felt scraper. like he poked at it, and then he just it just kept carrying, and it started tailing. And I was like, "Yeah, that's going to get over." And because I, I thought it was just going to go foul, to be honest with you, that's and, some of that country strength, though. You see that of Logan Tanner just poked the bat out there, and it just that's it, that loose Dale, Mississippi getting at, <laughs> getting after you right there for sure. Uh, but yeah, wall scrapers count just the same as the four hundred and thirty footers. So yeah, Hancock's home run was a blast. That was just monster shot. To say that with three home runs on the weekend. Two of them were sort of scraped over, Tanner's and Rowdy Jordan's. And then you said Hancock, just a no-doubter for him. But like I said, Rowdy Jordan, at least, it's, it's it, he was hitting 275 to start the day. He leads off the day with a triple that wasn't really a triple. I, I know you can't give errors on those plays, but you know, assist to the sun. <laughs> the sun dominated the early innings at Duty Noble Field. Yeah, there for a minute, I thought uh, the sun's not orange. The sun's maroon and white. Yeah, yeah but, the, the, what, but it eventually, it, 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 it was, as I tweeted, completely impartial. The sun shows justice. Yes. All right. Gosh, I've never seen. I have, The first one, the one that the center fielder just, he literally just stood there and he might as well have just peed his pants. He was just like, I have no idea where the I don't the know if you've is. ever been in that situation I, I have before. not. 
it is a scary feeling when because you're, you're worried the ball's gonna hit you in the you, face. Well, you I look imagine. up and you, there's this obviously the big ball you see is the sun, and you're like, oh gosh, the ball is coming at me, and I can't see it. And it literally landed you have a that foot moment where you just assume it's about to crack you in the skull. That's yeah. what you think. Yeah. Don't you just just put your glove up and hope for the best at my point. And it's like maybe I'll maybe I can grab. And then he had that. He had one where he just he lost it. Just a weird day. State was it Friday night had the same thing where they dropped. Uh, they had a pop up on the infield that nobody could could claim. And just state's defensive issues are weird. They're, it's not. It's just it's beyond just booting balls. There's lack of communication happening there. They got that's something even more than the hitting. You got to get fixed because if you have great pitching, and you've said this, great pitching, but you have poor defense, then you've just negated what your weapon is. Yeah, it, it's like having nice tires, but mm-hmm. you somebody slashed them a little bit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's almost more like you got nice tires, but somebody took the engine out of the car. <laughs> I mean, you don't drive if you you know if you're going to have a guy who can consistently get outs and he's getting harmless pop flies on the infield, but you're going to let him drop. That's a problem. But no problems for Mississippi State this weekend. Three wins in three games. Uh, now 19-7 and seven on the year. Uh, look around the conference. They're two games out of first. They, that was win number 20 today. Is it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wrong then. They, they came into the weekend at 17-7. and seven, So and Then you're right. I need to go change my article. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, if, if you wrote 19, then I yes, did. you need to. I did. I'll go do that. <laughs> um, now two games out of first in the SEC West. I believe that's correct. Both Arkansas and Ole Miss should be 7-2. and two. And uh, state would be five and four, so still with a series with Ole Miss to play, and Ole Miss has to play Arkansas. So there's eighty eight and one. Is that right? If they, do they beat LSU today? I, th- I think we have a device. We do, and I I, had, I didn't look at the score before we got here, but I, I wanted to say they that were game up. was three three. I, I think when last won I it. looked, and the final from Baton Rouge five four. So LSU was LSU one is and one eight, and eight in the conference. I'll tell you what, I bet those LSU fans to Paul Maneri are about to be nasty. They're, they're about to be really real nasty, nasty though. Really nasty. I bet if you looked at those mentions yeah. right now, they're pretty nasty. T Bob, when I went on out there on the field, our own fans were like, they I've never heard I didn't know they were like this either. I thought we had the most just supportive fans, classiest fans in the business, but we don't, I guess. So did anybody else ever tell you this? Something like that? Yeah, they're one and eight. I have a, I've made a proclamation. By July of twenty twenty two. There will be a new football, baseball, and basketball coach at LSU. The only one that I think may still be there is Will Wade because he's still there now. Why is he not going to be in? Eventually, the NCAA is going to be like, that guy's got to go. Or we're going to shut your pro. They're going to give him the freeze treatment. Be like, get rid of him, and it may not be that bad. Keep him and watch what happens. I would say that, but why have they not done it yet? I don't know. Because they haven't dealt out the punishment yet. It's coming. They'll fire him. Those guys, they're going to be i got to say this about LSU. Top to bottom. Now, look, they're going to win games because they're LSU. they got a ton of money. They're the only state school in the – they're the only you know, SEC school in the state, so they're not divvying up their recruits. So they'll win games. But is there a more poorly run athletic department in America? I submit that there is not. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, their three big, big three programs are either in turmoil, they're under NCA investigation, they're under FBI investigation – you know, every every player there is evidently going out and harassing women at all times. They got <laughs> Title IX violations. They're promoting and giving raises to people who who aren't doing their job. And of course, their, their athletic director. Well, his father-in-law is the NCAA's uh, uh, president. So you know, they're I guess they're kind of protected. But 
That's that's not a good situation yeah. there in Baton Rouge. One and eight. Who would have ever imagined that? I so. tell you what, man. In the going back to baseball here for a second. Yeah. In the SEC West, there yeah. are some haves and some have-nots, buddy. Well, yeah, man. And that's one good thing for Mississippi State when you look at their schedule. And then it's the same with the East too. You, you know, you know, you, you need to get a couple more sweeps to, if you want to, you know, win twenty. If you want to be able to have a legit chance to win the West, maybe even win the conference. Well, I mean. I mean, you got a not good. Yeah, realistically, you got a chance to do it again this coming weekend. I know it's on the road. Auburn, but who, who was competitive, much more competitive than Mississippi State was with Arkansas. But you can win those games. Missouri, Missouri took two out of three from A and M, but the, but you can sweep Missouri and start after getting skull. They got drug. skull drug on Friday on Thursday night. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> It was kind of rever- kind of like what Arkansas. You remember that opening weekend? Yeah, Bama just took it to Arkansas. Yeah, and then they turned it around. Yeah. Same here. So state has some sweep opportunities left, which is good when you think about. I, I would say right now, I would predict them to lose two out of three in Vanderbilt. So we'll see. See how it goes. Good weekend for MSU, though, and they'll take it. Uh, let's move on over, and that's going to be brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Hope you guys made it up to the uh, the price cutter. Up there in uh, Pontotoc, huge uh, turnout. I was told, great people up there, and they uh, they had a good time. And of course, if you're a local market is selling Welcome Home Beef products, good for you. And if they're not, well, you need to ask your your butcher what do they got to do to get these great products on the shelf? Steaks, burgers, roasts, all Mississippi made, locally sourced, grain fed beef. Fantastic products, fantastic family putting them out there. Great bulldogs. You want to do business with them. Call the Welcome Home Beef today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Put it on the grill, put it in the pan, put it in the pot. Whatever you do with it, it's Welcome Home Beef and it just tastes good. Our good friends over at Two Brothers. I think Robbie Falk said he hit, he hit up Two Brothers on a Saturday. That's the, It's just the place to be. The food is so good. The atmosphere, great. The people very friendly. It's just one of my favorite restaurants, not only in Starkville, but in the entire SEC. When I travel, I judge other restaurants sometimes by two brothers. And if it's not as good, well, you know, it's just not as good. So you make that call yourself. Head over there and find out what I'm talking about at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. 621 University Drive. Great food, great drinks, great people. It's Southern Smoked Soul Food at its finest at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business System says, hey, we can take care of you every which way you need to be taken care of. Do you need a wide variety of products and services to keep your business up to date? Yes, they've got you covered. Do you need fantastic customer service from a local business that does business here in the Magnolia State? Guess what? They got you covered there, too. There's just nothing they can't do for you. They've been helping businesses like yours for nearly 50 years in the state, and you just don't stay around that long if you're not doing a good job. Call them today. Find out how they can get to work for your business. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at, advantage, at absms.com and you find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. It was a big hush-hush secret. <laughs> Nobody was allowed to know. We kept it under wraps. But the media attended today's uh, scrimmage at Davis Wade Stadium. Not open to the public, but open to the media. And I think there were some friends and family and some recruits there. As we learned, uh, Shaz uh, Preston was there, brother of Sean Preston, one of the nation's top wide receivers. Uh, go ahead and lock him in if you're listening dog season 12. He's he's on top of things there. Uh, what did we see? Uh, well, it was, first off, we could take some, let's take some, some, some caveats here. It's controlled scrimmage. 
They wanted to get some situational things happening, obviously. There were times where there were sacks and penalties, but the ball moved forward. Yeah, I mean, what I took away was baseline expectation for this well, season. I had more I to mean, say, but no, just go no, right ahead. Well, I was just thinking that there's no way this team goes any less than 10-2. and two. <laughs> There's just no doubt. <laughs> now you can continue on with your crappy takes uh, over there. Well, I was just going to say, I thought the main thing I had from this was the defense that State played against in the scrimmage, the offense, that's not anything like what they're going to see this fall because they played against Zach Arnett's defense. Man coverage, a lot of blitzing. I almost wanted. I, I wish that there had been a drive where Zach Arnett had been like, "All right, so we're going to rush three and drop eight, just to so I could see what the the offense did against it. Because that's that's the gauge, right? Yeah, that's the gauge for what you've improved. Exactly. Had. I will say that you know, for as far from an injury standpoint, I don't know if did Leach update any injuries afterwards. No, he no. did. He didn't. We and saw I, that Caleb Ducking and Tula Griffin did not participate. So, any questions you have about that? They didn't play. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like they were down there on crutches or nothing. They just no, no, they're just on the bike. They just didn't participate. Yeah, um, I love that when they started the scrimmage with special teams. The first thing that happens was an onside kick went like a hundred yards out of bounds. <laughs> but that's that's that that's the sign, right? Uh, starting all O line, uh, left to right, Cross, Sharp, Smith, Johnson, and Scott Lashley. You surprised that Scott Lashley? I was going to say right that time. if anything was surprising about that, it was that Lashley. I guess as of this moment, as of this moment in April, yeah, it is has a leg up on on Cam Jones, I guess. Yeah, I agree, um, but that's probably a good thing. State needs depth, you know, and and Lashley, I find myself pulling for him a little bit, mainly for one reason. What I want is for him to have gone to Alabama, never done anything, come to State. He's a star for one year, gets a good draft position, and you can use that as a recruiting tool going forward. And say, see? See, so he's like, if he had just been in Mississippi State the whole time, would have been a star the whole time. You know, kids, stay in state. That's that's that, that's that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, and he becomes, a, you know, not a, uh, you know, not, not, not like a, a case number or something, but you see what I'm saying. Who impressed you on, on Saturday? Just just from the, the, the what you were able to see. Uh, Don't say Jordan Hoyer. I am not. Uh, he had a good game, though. He was your John the most Harris player of the game. The most impressive play to me, mm-hmm. I think, was the catch that Makai Polk made. Very down, impressive Down catch. the sideline closest yeah. to the press box. Over Will Redmond. So if you sit on the west side, it would have been closest to you. But, right. Uh, but, yeah, it was about a 20, 20 or 25-yard catch mm-hmm. over uh, Martin mm-hmm. Emerson. Right. And, who, was on, uh, who was in good coverage. Yeah, it was a really impressive play. Well-thrown ball, well-caught well, well ball. And uh, so, I mean, that kind of – if he can do that, mm-hmm. he can do those kinds of things, it, it gives you really a lot of hope that State's going to get some production on, for, from him and, you know, hopefully from some of those outside guys. Uh, the most impressive player overall may have been Dylan Johnson. He had a good day, I he thought. He did have a good day. Your boy. Yeah. A lot of catches. Ran the ball pretty effectively. State didn't run the ball much in this scrimmage, and that's probably not to be you know surprising. Uh, but when he caught the ball, it was good to see the times that State caught the ball. Now, a part I think again, this was part of this is the kind of defenses they were facing because against rush three, drop eight, there will be people there ready to tackle him from the beginning. But I think she ran with good power, showed some speed, showed some elusiveness. I thought he was more impressive than Marks was. You know, and Joel and I obviously had this debate back and forth, but on today, even Joel said this this was Dylan Johnson's day for oh. sure. I thought another thing that impressed me. I, I thought State's front, I about said front seven, front six mm-hmm. 
defensively, uh, the line and the linebackers, I thought all looked pretty good. Um, Tyrus Wheat had a pick, and dude can move for a bigger fella. You know, he he, he um, looked really impressive today. There were several times where I just thought that State's front six, I don't want to say overmatched the offensive line, but they, I thought that they were clearly winning those battles up front. And I, I, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. You know, that's, I think that's a good thing for State's defensive line purposes. So, at, at least as of this day, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's the old defense is just a little bit ahead of the offense kind of thing, but it was all last year anyway. <laughs> so, maybe that's just what this team is, at least at the moment. But I, I thought that, um, yeah, the, the line and the linebackers all had pretty good days. I thought Jordan Davis was the most impressive player on the day. He looked really comfortable at defensive end. Yeah. Uh, got some good penetration, had a sack, uh, was just around the ball a lot. But then again, I thought Crumity, Cam Young, uh, Pickering had a, a tackle for loss. Um, I thought I thought defensively, Tyrus Wheat had the only interception of the day, uh, which was a, I'll say it, it was a bad throw. Oh, it was a bad throw. By no Will Rogers. I mean, he just threw it right to him. Um, in the quarterback situation, I thought Rogers was a lot more impressive than Jack Abraham. Oh yeah, I agree with that. I honestly, think that Ch- Lovertich may have been the best chance. Of them all. Chance Lovertich, <laughs> not Chase. Chance Lovertich uh, was the most impressive quarterback on the day, but Rogers was certainly, I thought, better than Jack Abraham. Yeah, and Greek saw some action too, and he I did. thought he was fine. You know, I mean, he's obviously still learning and things, but he didn't look totally out of place down there by any stretch. I thought he did. He did all right. Um, I don't know. It's so tough watching those things to to make any any big picture observations whatsoever. Uh, I think that state's not going to go winless this coming year. After seeing, I think they'll be. I think they'll. I think they'll get in the W column a couple times mm-hmm. at least. So, did you see anything that, from a negative perspective, you're like, I don't, I don't like seeing that. Ah. <sighs> I mean, no, nothing major just yeah. stands out. But I, then again, I I don't know know what I could have seen that would have really concerned you apart from like Will Rogers doing something like 5 of 30 or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, Rogers was accurate with the football for the most part. You know, I mean, the the offensive line, by and large, did an okay, did okay job. Did a good job, I thought. Um, I, mean, I mean, in what, probably 80 to 100 plays, I think there were five sacks. Yeah. And I mean, when I say I hate it to 100 plays, I'm talking about 80 to 90 passes. So I mean, in five, if you're giving up a sack every, you know, what, yeah. basically 20 attempts, that's not that's not terrible. And, and it speaks well to Mississippi State's depth. I thought that mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that is you know second, third team offensive line and stuff, <laughs> and second, third team guys out there on the field. And like Mike Leach said when we talked to him after it was all said and done, one of his most encouraging things was they could put third teamers out there and it still looked like football. So, I, I kind of think that speaks to maybe states. Maybe state doesn't have as much of a depth issue as I sometimes tend to in my mind think that they do. Because mm-hmm. if you, if you can put your second, third team guys out there, and the head coach is like, you know what, well, this doesn't look so bad. Yeah. Then that, that should. Yeah, at I least... agree. I thought from an offensive standpoint, it was pretty consistent the whole day. I thought the defense made plays. Like I said, it's did just, Austin Williams play? I'm just sitting here thinking. Hey, he, he didn't I have a saw catch, him did out there. He just didn't have a he catch. He didn't have a catch. Yeah, which is really odd. But maybe that's the point. Yeah, because you like, know what he can do. Like, don't throw it to Austin Williams. All right, well, they know what we can do. Let's try to get some of these other guys involved. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll see. But that's about I'm talking about. I don't think Malik Keith had a catch either, did he? Or maybe I, I think, think he, had, he one. had at least one. He, had, he actually had one with a night. I don't think about. It. He had a nice run after the catch too. So yeah, one of the better catch and throw was actually Brody King that touchdown catch yeah. that he made. Don't don't start with me with Brody King people. We're not going to have that this year. All right, we're going to have. There's two things we're not going to have this year. All right, we are not going to have what walk on is going to come out of nowhere and be the next Wes Walker. We're not doing that on this show. Don't want to hear about it. Don't want to hear you people asking me. What's going on with X walk-on? All right, just let the walk-ons be the walk-ons. And if in week six a walk-on is the leading receiver, then we'll talk about it. I vote that should become a new rumbling stick for somebody. Somebody just asks a question every week. What's up All with right. and then All pick right. walk-on of choice? That's fine. That's fine. But I nominate Justin Strawn to do it. That's somebody <laughs> I can trust. All right. Two. We're not. I don't know who this year's Kareem Walker is. I don't know who the fifth string running back's going to be. But I don't want to hear about that guy either. I don't want you what's going on with, you know, pick somebody. Who's like the eighth or ninth wide receiver? You know, not I'm talking about like on scholarship. <laughs> on scholarship? Yeah. Like I don't want to I don't want somebody coming to me and and you know, what's up with Rodarius Thomas? I don't want to hear it. He's not playing. All right, there's gonna be some guy who doesn't play because he's the tenth guy on the depth chart. Just he's just not playing. So I, we will figure out about week two or three who gets the Kareem Walker Award for this year for a player that has ten times more care than carries. We'll see who that is. You but, know who who that may be? Who? Because it's somebody that fans Jack are Abraham? Con- no somebody that fans are connected to are Cumbus. Cumbus is a good choice. Is he ever going to play? No. They're talking about moving him to defensive end anyway. Did you see this? That was on twenty. That was reported on twenty four seven that uh. Might go to defense. I don't know. I'm just saying. There's somebody on this team that y'all are going to get way too emotionally invested in who's never going to play. You know, and this is coming from somebody that's not a football coach, obviously. Mm -hmm. For a guy that's going to play both sports, it seems to me it would be a lot easier to be a defensive end. Because your yeah, whole go get the, objective go get the football. is to go get the yeah go get the quarterback. I mean, that's pretty simple, right? To, I got to learn all these this offense. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like to me there would be. I mean, I'm obviously there's stuff to learn a little bit, but good athlete. Seemed like to me that maybe an, an could probably easier. play could probably play a little linebacker too if you wanted to. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Columbus. Right I mean, he's now, he's getting so late in his career. I know mean, not that yeah. he's couldn't do it, but you get to that point where. it's... Time to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. We'll see. But all in all, for Mississippi State, first weekend scrimmage looks like it was a success. No major injuries that we know of. State looked it. It looked like I agree with what Mike Leach said. It looked like football. We'll see what next week. We, I believe we're going to get to be there next weekend. I think that's the plan as well. So we'll see what happens. We'll report on that if we can. and the next because that'll be the Maroon. That'll White be the Maroon White. You guys can be there. You for guys that can one be too. there for that one. I felt bad. I passed some kid who was just sitting down in front of the stadium, and I guess he just recognized me. And he's just like, are, are there? Are we allowed to go in? And I was just like, no, I'm sorry. And I felt bad for him. I was like, you know, you're just sitting here, you just want to go you, in. You big league him, you're like, I'm more important. No, I didn't do did. that. Come on, man. Come on, Brian. I didn't. You're supposed to like comfort him. Be like, no, but it's not, but a couple weeks till you can. I, I didn't say, I just basically said, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, but I don't make those decisions. Did you offer to take a selfie with him or something to comfort him? Be like, you want to take a picture? I had one fan, I took a selfie with one fan on Saturday, and it was the guy who told me that, uh, he loves you, but he likes to give you hell because he's from Houston, Mississippi. <laughs> so, luckily, I hope I have proven to this point that I really do hope Luke Hancock is the best <laughs> catcher that, or, or player. I hope he has. A, I've always hoped that he had a humongous yeah, yeah, career. Yeah, that's what you say, but uh, not behind the scenes. Man. 
Uh, yeah. You know what? You know what? I, I get this a lot. You know, my favorite thing people do like when they're like, "We love you. We love the show. Love the podcast. Keep those two guys in line." I like hearing that. It always makes me laugh. Not they're not talking about you. Oh, I know. You're not the, one I, of the two I guys. I know the two they're referencing. Yeah, they're like keep those two guys in line, and they always say it the same way. They're like, "Keep those two guys in line." I love it. It makes me laugh every time. So I think you hold your own. Oh, I. I do a little bit better than that, yeah, I think. I, we'll see what happens in two weeks after Super Bowl Dog. All right. This show is going to last until Tuesday. You know, we're not going to come back with a Monday show. Easter Sunday, uh, Sunday, we're, we're going to take the dime with our families. Hope you will do the same. We'll be back on Tuesday with a new show. We'll recap the baseball rankings. Uh, we'll talk a little football, a little bit this, that, and the other. Everything that's happening, we'll cover it. Guys, have a great Easter, and we're back with you on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.